As believers, what does it mean to confess our sins? Why is it important? And what difference will confession make in our personal relationships with God and with others? Hi, my name is Eris Lawless and welcome to Sage Talk. In today's episode, Al Henson and Paul Lawler are talking about an aspect of the Christian life that is often overlooked, and that's the confession of sin. They'll be sharing with us three key points about confession and how it is such a critical part of one's spiritual life and transformation. Al and Paul have over 75 years of pastoring between them, and they've spent decades walking among the nations, ministering to the persecuted church and the least of these. Let's join them as they shepherd the hearts of faithful servants and Christian leaders in today's edition of Sage Talk. Hi, this is Paul Lawler, and I'm delighted to be with my brother, Al Henson, today, and this is Sage Talk. And Paul, it's a great joy to be here. And if you've been listening to the Sage Talk uh, uh, broadcast with us or podcast with us, you've been uh, noticing a, a trend, a thread, a rope that we've been tying everything into that we could entitle Your Growth, Your Transformation. Uh, as a brother or sister, and we're going to continue that theme. Uh, and in some of our podcasts, we've talked about walking on the grace highway, which is we're under grace. We're no longer under law. We're under the grace of God, and grace has provided for us, unmerited, all that Jesus is available that to all that we need. I, I want to say that one again. Grace is all that Jesus is made available to all that you and I need. And on this highway, God has made himself available to all that we need to be transformed. And perhaps the preeminent uh, purpose of God in our lives and the preeminent passion of God that should be in our lives, Romans eight twenty nine, that we would be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be taking up topics around that, the subjects of transformation on the Grace Highway. And so, Al, as we do that today, uh, we have the delight of sharing with our listeners uh, another one of the keys of our own transformation in Christ. And, and, and one of these keys, or the key that we're looking at today, is the key of confession mm-hmm. of sin. And there are three ways we want, or primary ways, we want to spend some time talking about this today. First, uh, what is confession of sin, uh, we, based on First John 1, 9? Secondly, when James tells us to confess our sins to one another, um, what, how does this relate to our transformation? How, how is this significant for the believer? And then thirdly, what is the fruit that mm. this produces? in regard to our transformation. And so uh, we're going to engage in conversation around these yeah, things. Yeah, confession, um, biblically, spiritually, practically, experientially, is such a vital, critical part of one's spiritual life and, and transformation. Um, so let's just, just start, Paul, and talk a few minutes about what is confession. What does it mean? Um, the actual word biblically, uh, the word confess, you mentioned First John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins, the word confess means to agree. Biblically, it means to agree with God. Now, that it's really important, uh, Paul, I've learned, even when it comes to my sin, I need to see my sin from God's perspective. What has it done to God? What has it done to myself? What has it done to others? 
I, I need to understand sin and agree with God about my sin. One of the great problems of pride is not the unwillingness to take ownership for our mistakes and our weaknesses and our sin. And so confession is to agree with God, but to agree with God about our sin, to agree with God about how he looks at our sin, to agree with God about who he is and what he's done on the cross and Calvary, uh, to forgive us of our sin, and the grace that he's providing not only to forgive us of our sin. Romans come to my mind when he says, uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That we're under grace, and what God has, has given us that we don't have to continue in, in sin, that we can find victory over sin. And then at the same time, because Satan comes into this, yes. the accuser of the brethren, when we're when we're beginning to see our weaknesses and our faults, to also agree with God that uh, there is no condemnation, there's conviction, there's wrong, <clears throat> but to agree with God that there's hope not only in transformation, but to agree with God that even though I have sinned, it didn't change this nature that God gave me, this righteous, holy nature that God has given me in in the person of Jesus Christ. So that's a confession is a full agreement with God, even in the, in the times of repentance and remorse. Al, I, I, as you share that, um, uh, in, in our, our coming into agreement with God, I want to I lift up an, uh, something that I've encountered many times as a pastor, uh, primarily one-on-one, uh, sitting with a believer, struggling, um, and, and seeking uh, patterns of confession of sin, a statement's made like this from time to time. I believe God can forgive me. I just can't believe. I, I just can't forgive myself. Mm-hmm. And I believe that many of the things that you've just shared speak to the heart of what's tripping that believer up as they uh, uh, allow a, a subtle form of pride uh, to creep up into the forefront of the heart and to take the place of of, of God in expressing forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, as confession is uh, entered into. So yeah, would you speak to that? Yeah, the way me? I put that, I've seen that a lot in my own life as well as in the lives of others, that we, uh, it's hard to receive the forgiveness of God. And, and what I have uh, come to understand is if I am unwilling, to, if I don't receive the forgiveness of God, I actually have taken the place of God in my own life. I have said, I don't deserve it, or not me. And that's God-like kind of thinking. God says, you do. I love you. You do because of who I've created you to be. You deserve to be forgiven. Not only do you need to be forgiven, I want to forgive you, and you deserve to be forgiven. And, and I want you to be forgiven because I want you to, to, to walk on in peace, but I also want you to, to grow and mature and move forward. Uh, an, an interesting thing has taken place in my life when it comes to confession, uh, Paul, and that is that I used to not like that place. Now I love it. And the, and brother, sister, you may be listening in, and you may not fully understand that. But in in, in times of confession, there's there's such an intimacy with God mm-hmm. because. Uh, in that kind of humility, in that place of need, in that place of openness and vulnerability, the the waters of the Spirit of God flows in, into the midst of that. And I know even as a dad, I have children and grandkids, and when I've disciplined them in love, some of the most intimate moments of that I've had in their lives is after the discipline. 
because that that wall that was between us, uh, that that the intimacy that came, and this is why it's so vital into transformation. It's not the confession that transforms us; it is the confession that brings us into the presence of God, and uh, the the truth of God and the life of God. And God is, in His Word and His Spirit, is what's transforming us. Mm. And but this kind of confession gets us in. The other part of the reason why I enjoyed it is because. It's in times of confession. Now, I used to have my greatest times of ac- uh, embracing the accusations of the enemy. And uh, so now I've come more and more and grown some to not listen to that condemnation and, and accusation. I remember, Paul, there'd be times that I felt, I felt like I needed to sort of mourn for four or five days so that I prove how sorry I am about what I've done. And sometimes it's okay. It, it, we do need to remember and grieve over our sin for some time. But I did it more because I felt like I earned the right, more of the right to be forgiven. And but now it's it's there's not not a sweeter time when I am affirmed by God. That's the opposite of the accusations. I'm affirmed of His love, affirmed of who He's made me to be and wants me to be. It's such a beautiful time of intimacy with God and in confession. And a part of coming into agreement with God is believing him. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, so let's go now and back to uh, one of these uh, main points that we're, we're wanting to make today. Confession brings transformation. We've talked about what confession is, and we've even gone into confession with God. Um, Paul, let's talk a little bit about the James 5 passage. Yes. Another realm of confession is with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James says this in James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, we're aware that uh, to many people that, that's a pattern they may never have entered into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've witnessed this many times as a pastor where – um, we maybe teach on this passage or share in a, a small group with believers, and uh, this is new to them. But what someone once said uh, this, we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. And um, that has great connotation and meaning for the believer, mm-hmm. that when we're given this instruction in the book of James, that one of the ways that a believer matures and is transformed is when he or she has a close, I call it band of brothers or mm-hmm. band of sisters, perhaps in some discipleship group or um, discipleship band, where there is a level of Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered trust and ability to be transparent with our souls in a way where we can be honest with one mm-hmm. another around our own sin, our vulnerabilities. Al, I've been journeying with um, brothers for decades, uh, one of which I, st- I went to seminary with, where we get together several times of year a year, and we do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I believe it's one of the reasons, by God's grace, I've been able to go the long haul in ministry is by keeping my soul fresh through not only confession of sin before God, but but confession of sin in an atmosphere with brothers. And I think this, uh, Paul, is what brings about uh, a greater work of God, Mm -hmm. a greater evidence that God is among us. 
uh, one of the things uh, to clarify here, uh, this James 5 text truly does speak of, of the power of God. He really speaks of the power of healing here, yes. not only healing us from sin, but for even physical healing mm-hmm. uh, that can take place in, in this kind of context. And I think a part of that is it's so many, I think, body sicknesses come from soul sicknesses yeah. and spirit sicknesses. And as the soul and spirit is finding healing, then also it brings health even to the physical yes. body. Uh, but... Uh, it's always important to uh, make sure that our confessions are with trustworthy people. So the appropriate people at the appropriate time uh, and saying the the appropriate things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes I've heard someone confessing and mostly I think, are you confessing your sins or someone else's? Or are you wanting me just to to agree with you that they were mostly wrong and you were a little bit wrong, you know? Mm Uh, confession is is really about you and and, and you and God and 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 I remember uh, Paul when I was in seminary I, I get a, a little vulnerable here and uh, that as a young man I had struggled some with pornography and I um, was um, in seminary and I was still I, now I thought I've surrendered to preach the gospel now I will have victory over this and I was struggling with having victory, and I thought, how can I be a pastor and a preacher and a minister with this kind of struggle? And like you said, these secrets. And I had been studying James in chapter 5 about confessing our faults to one another and praying one for another that you may be healed. And I just took a risk. There was a group of us brothers that were meeting uh, once or twice a week in the lunch hour. Instead of eating lunch, we'd meet to pray. And one day I just said to them, I have a personal request. And I opened up and just shared with them my struggle with this, uh, this, this area of my life in pornography. And an interesting thing happened. I thought I might be rejected. Love got deeper. The presence of God got deeper. The other brothers began to open up. And to my surprise, they were all struggling too. Uh, this is a, main, a real struggle am- among men, and uh, and I have experienced significant victories through the years now, uh, 40, 43 years later, uh, significant victories. I'm so grateful to God for these victories. Uh, but a lot of that came around, uh, uh, the honest openness with brothers and the, the grace of God not only coming from God himself, but through the mm-hmm. brothers as we prayed for one another and sought one another. And here's a testimony. In my seminary class were 20-something young men who wanted to be pastors. There's only five remaining in ministry. And those five that were in that group meeting with me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's it, the power and even the benefit. And it is God. It, it really is not James 5. It's not a, uh, a recommendation. Mm-hmm. It really is a commandment. It's a gentle commandment. Confess your faults one to another. Warm, gentle. Confess your faults one another that you might pray for one another and that you might be healed. And I was healed. Yes, Lord. It was a process, but I was healed. You know, when we keep things private, um, when God in his love has offered us this opportunity of not only confession with him, but confession with sisters and brothers, knowing that we have an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy Mm -hmm. and bind us up in fear and shame, 
One of the things that I have found when I confess my sin to brothers is that uh, I'm liberated. Mm-hmm. We're liberated from shame. We're liberated from isolation. We are liberated into um, experiencing the body of Christ and Christ. I just have to say something. Person. It's just, it's just something. I know I'm interrupting. I just got to okay. say this, Paul. The greatest, I think the greatest question of, of, of every human being's soul is not, am I loved? Mm. It's, am I lovable? And it's in confession one with another when we bear out our weaknesses and our ugly. And then a brother loves us. And we say, oh, I am loved. Maybe I am lovable. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not as ugly as I thought. Uh, I am somebody that that can be loved, even in my failures and my weaknesses. And that's one of the greatest, uh, it is true, we're all lovable in the sense that, especially in Christ, we're lovable. Um, But uh, to experience that um, really affirms that truth, that not only am I loved, but I'm lovable. And now you've beautifully set up what confession to God and when we are in a safe place among brothers or sisters to confess our sins to one another, what it's unto, mm-hmm. that there's a freeing from shame, guilt, uh, and a liberation, but that liberation is unto a greater degree of healing, mm-hmm. fruit-bearing, transformation into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And actually, as a, as a pastor, uh, I have found... Um, you know, you have a lot of experiences, and I kept asking the question, why uh, in some of these 12-step programs that I, I'm seeing some real transformation and salvation? Now, with some, they just talk about God, and I wouldn't recommend that. I, I think if you're going to get in in a, in, a, in a group in that kind of program, you, God is Jesus. Yes. And we need to speak about Jesus and the gospel and the power of the gospel, Romans 1 uh, and 18, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But I think one of the things <clears throat> that that uh, the reason why these things were so helping those who were in bondage and addictions was because of this confession, not only their confession of their need of God, but their confession of their weaknesses and their failures, and they found this expression of God's Spirit working among them in love and in power, and, and they found freedom and and healing. And uh, so, I, you know, practically speaking to any brother or sister that's listening, practice confession, yes. but you do need to find some brothers and sisters mm. that you can trust and be vulnerable with and pray together because of the James 5 text. It says if we confess our faults to one another Mm -hmm. and pray for one another, then we shall be Mm -hmm. healed. You know, Al, we're obviously, we're all Protestants, but I'm I'm aware that when in the Catholic Church, just their pattern of confession, Mm -hmm. um, that it's really based on this passage in James that we're we're looking at. And I'm not trying to say that that's prescriptive, that the Protestant church needs to adopt that methodology. But but I I think it's important for for our listeners to realize that this is not an anomaly uh, in Christian practice or Christian history, that Mm -hmm. this is something the saints, those who've matured and been transformed by Christ, really have been engaged in practicing for hundreds of years. 
Yes, without without doubt. Uh, wherever I have seen the movements of God taking place, you see this kind of, of, uh, of movement. Actually, most of the movements of God that I have seen, even in, in larger crowds, have been when the preacher stops preaching and some someone in brokenness and humility comes and people perceive it. And then sometimes I've seen where they open up a microphone and people begin to share. And they're sharing not only their brokenness and the weakness, but the the peace that they're getting mm-hmm. and the, the, the forgiveness that they're receiving and the joy. And I think that's where 1 Corinthians 14 comes in and says, you know, uh, you, you you may want to speak in tongues, but I would rather you prophesy, which means to speak forth the stories of God and the truths of God, and then everyone among you will know that God is there. Even the lost will come in and know that God is present. Mm-hmm. And there's amazing power and presence of God mm-hmm. in confession just with God alone, but confession with other brothers and sisters together with God. Um, it's amazing presence and power of God comes into this, and then it's God who begins healing and trend and transforming us. Amen. Amen. So our, our sage points for uh, based upon what we've shared today, uh, one is the power of confession before God and to recognize that uh, when we're confessing it, we're coming into agreement with God, not only an agreement that we've committed a sin and he uh, forgives, but agreement in the context of all that God is. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Sage Point 2 is that a part of confession is the confession that God loves us mm-hmm. and the confession that I have a God who died for me and who has borne my sins, the confession that he can forgive me. And and and, and if I might say this, Paul, um, in, in confession, uh, when 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 I come to God, here's what I hear. Son, yes, you're wrong. And you shouldn't have done this. And uh, I'll forgive you. But I want you to know, son, this is not who you are. What you just did is not who you are. This is not who I made you to be and who I want you to become. And so, son, come to me, and I will give you the grace and the wisdom to begin to live out who you really are. So that confession is that not only the negative, what I say the negative part, confessing the weakness, the fault, the sin, but the positive part of the confession as to who God is and who I am and who he intends me to be with him uh, out into the future. Such a positive part of confession. That's beautiful. And the image that comes to mind is that it's not you've sinned, go sit in the corner. It's you've sinned. Now come crawl in my lap and see me for who I am, mm-hmm. and let's make this right. And the third sage point is the realm of confession. Confession with you and God alone, but confession with other brothers and sisters as God would lead and guide. Mm-hmm. And the fruit that it all produces, mm-hmm. uh, that it's unto a greater deg- uh, degree of light and revelation, healing, and restoration. Uh, I was with uh, a young boy this Sunday, and uh, the um, he had his mother had brought him. Uh, I, I do I do 
talked uh, uh, this Sunday in church with two of us actually bringing the message together. And so this young boy had gone to one of the other shepherds. A mother had brought him, and I could tell walking away that uh, um, mom wasn't satisfied, and the boy was deeply irritated. And I thought, whatever mom wants to take place here, whatever God wants to take place here, uh, is not working. And I knew the mom since she was a little child, and I knew this was her stepson. A little bit of his story is is that his father died when he was six. And his mother married um, uh, the father, so she was a stepmother. And then she remarried, and he had a stepfather. And a year or so ago, stepdad, his stepfather died. So he's experienced the death of two men in his life. And he didn't know how to deal with this hurt, this trauma, this pain. And in his mind, where's God? You're sitting here teaching or speaking about this wonderful, good God, and he doesn't seem so good to me. And I knew all of this, and, and so I just called his name out and said, come here. And he didn't want to come. I said, no, you know, come here. He sat down beside me, and I put my arm around him on his shoulder. And I said, I know you think I'm crazy. I'm just a crazy old man. He smiled a little, and he said, no, you're okay. And I said, no, be honest. Give, confess to me. Just be honest with me. And I, he said, yeah, you're, you, you strike me as a lot crazy. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's, that's good. And then I just repeated what I knew about his two dads. And I said, I, I can't imagine what you're feeling the hurt, the pain. And then I said, I, I'm going to give you some advice. I said, I want you to go home and get alone in your bedroom. Close the door. And I want you to sit out on the floor, just get comfortable, and I want you to look up and say, God, I, I'm so angry at you. I, I'm, I don't understand you, God. They say you're good. and How could a good God let this happen to me? And if you need, just just talk to God. Get honest with God. That's confession. And he, and he can agree. God knows he's angry at him. God knows he doesn't understand God. And I said, just tell him. Let, let it all out. Tell him. And, and I'm about halfway through this, and this young man starts weeping, and, and people around are watching, what's this? And, and I just went heart to heart with him. And it was interesting, the power of even him considering the possibility that he could make that kind of confession before God. And mom's sitting over there weeping, and now we're having a holy moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this, 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 the, the results, the power, the healing, the, uh, the affirmation that can come, the forgiveness that can come, the peace that can come, the transformation that can come in this, this tool, we might say, uh, this call of God to, mm -hmm. to walk as people of confession. And so I've learned, actually, that a true transforming one is, uh, is walking in a constant state of repentance, mm -hmm. turning away from, turning unto, and a constant state of confession. 
because I may in an hour walk into an into an unusual situation or get a call of of a trial. I may walk into a fire, and I may need to confess at that moment, Lord, I'm struggling. This 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 trial wants to flip my flip me out from under my leg, my feet out from under me. So confession is just that agreeing with God about my weaknesses, my need, casting all of my cares upon him, for he cares for me. Al, that is strong, and it reveals how deeply God is our safe place. Yes. And so with those things in mind, would you close us out in prayer uh, this day? Uh, Father, we're always aware that uh, a brother, a sister, older, younger, that are listening— uh, and you knew they would be listening, and you're speaking. And I pray that, uh, I love the word our Brother Paul just said, with you, God, is a safe place. And with you, God, is a grace place. With you, God, is a place of forgiveness and a place of power and a place of healing. And I pray my brother and sister there would not only make confession a practice of life but even now they might find a moment where they just stop pull off the side of the road or wherever they are and just stop and and think about what do i need to confess to god now what do i need to affirm what weakness do i need to just be open about what emotions or feelings or thoughts i'm having about god that maybe are wrong or right or about me what confession do i need to make and then i pray i pray that every brother and sister could find uh, safe people, grace people, spiritually minded people that they could have conversations with about their sins, their failures, their weaknesses, and, and vulnerability because, God, we know that your spirit will move deeply into the midst of that. Mm-hmm. So, Spirit of the Living God, now t- touch every brother and sister where they are as they're listening and help them and guide them in Jesus' name. As Paul and Al shared, Confession is agreeing with God about my sin, my weaknesses, and my need, while casting all my cares upon Him, for He cares for me. Perhaps you too need a few quiet moments to pause and find a quiet place where you can be honest with God. He's ready to listen and work in your heart and life. Now many of the topics that Alan Paul share about on Sage Talk build on each other, and next week's episode builds on this one. Today we talked about confession, and on Tuesday we'll be back with an episode on worship. Worship is only possible when we come to God repentant and with hearts open to receiving Him. If you haven't already subscribed to Sage Talk in your podcast app, do that so that you can join us on Sage Talk for another time of spiritual shepherding, heart-to-heart, and life-to-life.